coin. It's Lee. You honor me with your presence, Crispy Lee. Pokemon is so tiny, it hurts so much. Ratsigler. He's usually stronger than the average, and has a friendly attitude. It's... Uh, throwback. We will not back down. Game on, everybody. It is the throwback. Jake Sealy, Chris Meany, Brad Ziegler. We're here to get you ready for week three already, guys. It's just kind of weird to me. It doesn't really feel like it's like week three already. Like, I know there's a lot that's been happening, but it's week three already. Like, we're already almost going to be talking next week as in we're a quarter of the way through the season. I don't like it. It's flying by. It's flying by too, too quick. We got bye weeks here next week. Don't next we? week? Yeah, week four. Team's on bye. Don't like it. Which is just annoying. <laughs> Stupid NFL. Like, it's, seriously. It is crazy, it's, though, because it, like, it feels like it's going by fast, and yet there are teams that, like the Chiefs, have their home opener this weekend. They haven't even had a home game yet. So uh, yeah, it, it nice. feels like this, a lot of, in, in some sense, the season hadn't even started yet. <laughs> Does it ever feel like it, when you were playing baseball, did it ever feel like it's like, oh, my God, I can't believe it's already three weeks into the season, or is it just because baseball you play every single dang day? It's just, I don't even know what day it is. Yeah, I yeah mean, so in, in baseball – yeah, in baseball, it, it, it does sometimes feel like the season flies by, but it also feels like spring training takes forever, even though it's like you know one-fourth the length. But like spring training, it's like, goodness, how many, we still got 20 days left of spring. <laughs> and then you get to the season, and it's like, man, we're already we're already through April, and it's into May. And yeah, it's it totally. I was just wondering, because I had something on in the background, and the broadcasters were talking about it. I forget who the player was, because I wasn't paying that close attention. But he said that when he was playing, he didn't even know what day it was, unless it was a day game. Like, that's when he knew it was like Sunday. Like, otherwise, it was just kind of, yeah, I rolled out Sunday there. Sunday or Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, otherwise, just it was just like, grind. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah we're, we're already in April and May, and Keiko and you know, uh, Kimbrell and Moustak is haven't signed yet. I wonder if we're going to get that same sort of deal next year in baseball. <laughs> we're going to go through that again. Right, let's hold on. We're, we're, we're going to lose everybody real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Football. We were just sidebarring about how quickly the season's going. Make sure you're following Chris Meany at Chris Meany and Brad Ziegler. Brad Ziegler. I'm at All In Kid. You guys know that. Also, as a reminder, if you're listening to this on the Freeverse out there somewhere, if you go to theathletic.com slash the throwback, you can get 40% off to everything at The Athletic. That's just additional podcasts with more podcast information behind Like, I started the one with D'Angelo Williams, and if for free, you get about half the show. You get the full show on the site. They do that with Jeff Schwartz and other people. But also, you get our football, ad, like, like what, rankings, advice, waivers. Like, there's 7,000 columns that come out per week. Plus, Chris, he is part of the NHL draft kit, which just launched today, because I didn't even realize that until I was checking scores last night, Chris. There's preseason hockey already happening. Oh, yeah. Preseason hockey, I think, started a couple nights ago. It's still hot out. It is still hot, but, man, it just (laughs) creeps up on you, especially when, you know, for me, I play fantasy through all sports, so, like, heavy into the end of the baseball season, football, obviously, in full swing, and then hockey is, like, boom. Like, like it starts in two weeks. Like, the puck drops in two weeks, the season starts. So That's that's uh, why I've always been against the whole Arizona, Florida hockey and stuff. I know they they have fans out there, but still, it's just kind of like, no, I shouldn't have to ever wear a T-shirt or get sweaty on my way to a hockey game. It just doesn't make sense to me. No, it doesn't. But it it actually does to a sense for those states solely because the the people that live there a lot of them came from the north like they're they are hockey fans and so they're they're like yeah forget this football stuff give me the hockey unless it's college i mean that's college is a whole nother thing but sure we got a lot of changes in addition to all that type of stuff oh by the way speaking of like we brought in baseball like and hockey all those podcasts are still on the side baseball is going to be going the entire offseason we're going to have hockey podcasts too including chris is going to have one with the eric young that's actually his twitter handle the eric young Uh, he is the wwe wrestler eric young great fantasy mind in hockey watches what he what do you say about 300 games a week no about 300 games a season (laughs) it's true he said he does he added them all up watches a lot of hockey because he watches all of his team the national predators and then he watches an additional couple games a week and we're doing the math when we're doing the flex leagues draft he's like yeah it looks i think i watch over like 300 games a year so (laughs) between chris and eric you're gonna get a ton of fantasy hockey knowledge i can tell you that much but let's talk fantasy football and let's talk before we get into the like the little game by game snippets we have a lot of quarterback situations going on. We touched on them on Monday with the waiver show, but we have some official news, and we also have some that wasn't even happening at the time. Let's start with the one that wasn't even happening at the time, guys. Eli Manning's done. He's over. He, he finished his career with a 500-winning record. Well, at least while he's with the Giants, maybe he gets traded. I said he should tra- get, they should trade him to the Jets. 
<laughs> that was my solution. But in any case, he doesn't have to leave. He can stay in the same stadium. He can stay in the same. Anyway, point being, they're moving to Daniel Jones. I don't know. I'll let you guys go first because I've already given my opinion on a lot of shows and I'll give it again here for people who haven't heard the other shows. But I'll let you go first, Chris. Your thoughts on what this does for your opinion as the owner of anybody. If you just pretend you own Barkley and Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram and possibly even Golden Tate. Like just your thoughts. Are you concerned? Are you buying low? Are you selling high? Or like, well, I guess you can't really sell high, but. Yeah, you can't really sell high on those guys. Listen, I have shares of all of the guys that you mentioned obviously we haven't seen golden tate yet um shepherd didn't play last week evan ingram had the big game one and barkley's barkley he's gonna be fine i think i i can't see it being any worse to be honest with you i mean i've i watched them play dallas and buffalo the first two weeks of the season and and their offense was just non-existent it was basically just barkley right ingram had a had a big first game and and it was, it was mostly just Barkley last week. I mean, I have a lot of respect for the Bills' defense, but Eli Manning did not look good last week. So I, there's going to be some some kinks in Daniel Jones' game. Oh, wait, hold on. Did you, did you say last week or the last three years? <laughs> I, I missed that. Sure, the last three years. <laughs> um, I Man, people are hard on Eli. I get it, though. Like, it's time for a change. Get a fresh quarterback in there. It was a small sample size, but I watched one of his preseason games where he made those throws, and it was the anticipation throws that I thought were would check the boxes for me. Sometimes you get a rookie quarterback in there and he's waiting for the reads to develop and it's too late he was at least throwing guy throwing the guys in stride again it can't get any worse so I'm not going out there and rolling Daniel Jones not even a two quarterback league like I would maybe take a shot on him depending on your situation in Superflex. you could have lost multiple quarterbacks this past week so I would maybe pick him up in those spots but I'm not in your standard 12 no no absolutely not and I'm not starting him but I don't think it hurts his weapons all that much Jake yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I don't think this is a step down at all for any of them. There's there's at least some upside here, even though there's going to be a learning curve. And there's going to be, I mean, going to Tampa Bay is not an ideal start because that's a pretty good defense. That defense has gotten a lot better, uh, at least through two games. It's gotten a lot better than they were last year. And then he's got some tough ones coming up, too. The Redskins defense is not a slouch. The Vikings defense is not a slouch. Patriots, like the, the week seven against the Cardinals is going to be the, you know his best option for for you know to to see Kenny actually produce offensively but then it's like at the Lions against the Cowboys at the Jets at the Bears against the Packers against the Eagles those are all really good defenses this is a brutal stretch um for for this offense in general so I I I think for the most part I'm not I'm not gonna sell low on a on a team but you know I would rather hold than sell low at the for the most part but I don't I just don't see any kind of upside here with the with the game scripts the teams are gonna be playing Unless this kid is just, you know, the next Patrick Mahomes or something like that, because he is if he's gonna be matchup dependent, he doesn't have any good matchups coming up. No, so this is what I can say. There is somebody that I legitimately think it is a downgrade for because uh don't say actually Ingram. don't say Ingram. No, it's not. So, so you know, <laughs> it is not Ingram. Um and it, this isn't to pint the other show, but this is the inside of like this is why we love talking to Brad about baseball and football, both because we have the player side of somebody who's played baseball. For D'Angelo Williams, it's fun to talk to a former player. And if you've seen, if anybody remembers when he was with the Panthers, oh my God, he went through like 7,000 quarterbacks while he was there. I mean, we went from a 44-year-old Vinny Testaverde to a rookie, to another rookie, to a Jimmy Clausen, and everybody in between of David Carr from another team. Like, he's been through it all. So he knows, and what he said, and this is true, and if you ever watch, and there are some, it's, but it's a very, very, very select few that can do it. And we're talking about, you know, the elite quarterback prospects that can, and even if they can, still to only a degree. His point being was they've struggled to go through progressions as a rookie. Is that when you bring in a rookie, whether it's somebody like a Patrick Mahomes level, which we didn't even really see till late in the season and then his second year, but even somebody like you go back to Andrew Luck's first season and all the interceptions he threw and Peyton Manning's first season and all like quarterbacks, you look at rookie quarterback season is the thing is that they try to simplify is because they struggle at the NFL level in speed to make it to the third and the fourth and the fifth read, which sometimes the fifth read is just circling back around to the first read. That's what they struggle with. So a lot of times the offense will come simplified and they'll make them a lot of first and second reads and make sure that he goes for that, even giving him some audibles in his mind, like hot routes at the line of scrimmage to make sure that he can just stick with his first two reads. So that's why I say all that, because for me, my concern is Sterling Shepard, because Sterling Shepard now playing outside needs a little bit more time to develop. He's not usually going to be the immediate first read if he's running a longer route. And also the reason I say this is because when Golden Tate comes back, Golden Tate will be the first read. So I actually think this is a boon 
for Golden Tate, a downgrade for Sterling Shepard and Saquon Barkley and Evan Ingram are fine. And all that being said, on top of that, what did we say about Daniel Jones when he came out of college? Short to intermediate game because he's, I think it was like 70% or 75% is a ridiculously high number of his passes in the college game were first reads. Yeah, I, yeah, I would agree with that. And Brad brings up a good point. In Tampa, is not a great environment. And you're going to be without two of those guys you just mentioned, right? Tate, still suspended. And I, I feel like everything that I've read is Sterling Shepard is, is very unlikely to play this weekend. Still I thought he was going to be concussion. okay, but yeah, oh, we haven't heard anything since. Yeah, I guess we haven't. So, I mean, that remains to be seen. But to your point, yeah, I mean, when, when this team is at full health, you put Shepard on the outside. We already had questions about that anyways with Eli Manning at the quarterback position. So... Yeah, it, I guess it, it remains to be seen. But if you're, a t- I, I guess you could buy low on Tate. Like that would be the guy who who's. That's pretty, what I'm, yeah, I would love to because people still don't want to wait two more weeks. Right. Yeah. And if if you can you can if you're in a tough spot or I guess if you were in a decent spot at wide receiver and you're getting by, you can go look to the Tate owners. If somebody is zero and two with Tate, they're probably willing to to move on from him. Maybe you can just like sell high on a Chark or. And watch the Giants are probably the ones that are going to trade for Jalen Ramsey because Gettleman's insane. <laughs> <laughs> that that would be that would be pretty funny. Although I was surprised that Pittsburgh, you know, made that move for. Well, that just tells you. Guy, so let's let's jump right into Patrick, that. Patrick, yeah. yeah, because we, we kind of talked about it after the show, and then we, you know, we got into it a little bit, but we got to talk about it for this week specifically too. Is that kind of tells us what the Steelers believe in Rudolph and the fact that hey, yeah, they believe they still are a playoff team and not just a playoff team, but a to contender because they give a first round pick, which tells us a couple things. First of all, they're investing a first round pick and a safety because they moved him to safety and the fact of strengthen that defense because they think they're a contender. But two is if the Rudolph thing doesn't work out there, that's kind of telling us like, well, we're fine with Ben Roethlisberger coming. Either way, we're not worried about getting a quarterback in the first round next year, even if everything goes to hell. So all that being said, Rudolph is now a quarterback, Brad, we can paint the narrative. And I have, because you can't ignore it. What he did with those three seasons with James Washington and Oklahoma state, I wrote it up in the waiver column. I just want to give you guys this numbers real quick. I'm going to go back to it and pull it up so you guys can hear it. It's, it's, it's insane number. Like, I didn't expect them to even be as high as I was, and this is somebody that myself who's a huge James Washington fan. So for the amount of yards and touchdowns that specifically went to James Washington from the passing of Mason Rudolph, he accounted for 28, well, basically, I'll round up, 29, 34, and 32% of his passing yards 47, well, 48, 36, and 35% of his touchdowns. James Washington was almost (laughs) half his offense. It was like a third to a half of his offense. Yeah. And I remember. I said Brad, not Chris. Yeah, go ahead, Brad. Yeah. (laughs) No, I I mean, there's no question there's a connection there. I mean, that's that's the main reason why, you know, everybody was um, talking up. uh, McLaurin at, at Washington is like at some point Haskins is going to be a quarterback mm-hmm. there and these guys are boys in college like it, it's there's no question that helps it, it helps from a reliability standpoint I also got to think that Mason Rudolph sitting back and watching last year he's probably going to have some pretty good confidence in Juju also and and he I mean he got Juju got a, a third or so of his targets um, last week whenever he did get in there even though you know a couple of them like we talked about were were like throwaways in his area, but it was just the, just the concept of, of you've got to have guys to trust. So I agree with you. I do think this, this is, this is one of two things for the Steelers. It's either saying we have a ton of confidence in Mason Rudolph. We're going to go out there and we're going to try to make our defense better because we think we still have a shot to win right now. Or it's also saying we're not sure what we have in Mason Rudolph and our best shot to win right now is to make our defense better. We've got to be able to, to play in a low scoring game, which they haven't done in the first two weeks. So, so at that point, they, you know, they're, they're like, this is an opportunity to get a guy who's cheap. He doesn't hurt us in a cap situation. Um, he's already proven a proven playmaker. We've got, you know, three, three to four years of control of him, uh, assuming they pick up the, the fifth year option. And at that point that, it's kind of a no-brainer to give up what they gave up, and I was I was actually kind of disappointed um, that the Chiefs didn't didn't try to do more because their you know their secondary is their biggest weakness right now, and that's why a lot of people are talking them up with with Jalen Ramsey. I just don't see how they they work that cap situation if they're going to sign Chris Jones and and Patrick Mahomes long term. So they they it's it's an interesting move by the Steelers. I do agree with you that I think it is a tick up for James Washington. Um, I you know Dante Moncrief should just be buried on that depth chart right now. It wouldn't surprise me if they cut him at some point and yeah. and give Deontay Thompson a shot too. 
yeah, just waiting any moment for that actually to happen. But I was surprised that it wasn't Kansas City, you know, making that kind of move. Maybe they will get Jalen Ramsey because I feel like they need to counter A, B, and what's going on in New England. Like, they're just not going to be able to beat the Patriots without a top-tier corner. I think I think that's what it's really going to come down to come playoff time. But, yeah, if you're a Washington owner, you have to be happy. I have a ton of shares of them. We talked about them, you know, at the start of the season a long time ago that we wanted the second option in, in Pittsburgh. And, we were, uh, you know, in the show, we were back and forth with opportunity with Moncrief and Washington. And um, this is good. Yeah, I remember draft day when they were just showing clip after clip, Jake. It was just like Mason of Washington, Washington, Washington. And Brad's right. It was the same thing last year at the draft with Hoskins and McLaurin. So this is this is good news. And I and if you know, again, if you're hurt from a quarterback standpoint, you didn't get some of these guys like. Like Josh Allen we've been talking about, and I don't know, Stafford's in a decent spot this week. Maybe you can just roll him out one week, but I think Rudolph might be a player in this offense. Like, he, he showed me that he's going to be willing to take shots downfield, and, and maybe that defense just isn't as good as what people thought, even with the addition of Fitzpatrick. All right, so are you rolling him out there in a super flex league? Um, I mean, obviously, two quarterback you are. I mean, super flex. I, I mean, I've always said this. Get your guys' opinion on it. In a super flex, I'm still – 99 90.99 like unless his name is nathan peterman or that kind of level i'm yeah. starting a quarterback in this separate super flex spot sure yeah I, yeah I i would play him this week yeah yeah and the a, a position player has to do even a bad week for a quarterback is is 10 to 12 points and and a position player who eh, you know, you're talking not nathan like, peterman cam newton well <laughs> right but I, I you know for an average quarterback with weapons around him and etc i they, know i'm just they, <laughs> Yeah, like he, I mean, Mason Rudolph scored 15 points last week and, and didn't even play the whole game. And and so there's an opportunity to, you know, say that's his floor. Say 15's his floor. A position player's got to do quite a bit to get 15 points. They either got to score a touchdown or they have to have a big game, whatever. And and that, that's if that's his floor, like, yeah, throw him in there. Absolutely. Well, and you're also, to that point, you're also remembering that 15 for your flex Usually, it's not like you're throwing Antonio Brown or DeAndre Hopkins or somebody like that into your flex. Usually, to your point, it's somebody that's maybe you're hoping to get eight, nine points from. So, yeah. completely agree with you. Uh, that's just what you have to go with. Although, I will say this. Mitch Trubisky didn't even get six last week. <laughs> he's he's somebody that I kind of touted last year as a guy who would fall into that two QB range in Superflex. And I, I don't know, man. Like I don't have any shares, but I don't think I would hang on to him. I definitely wouldn't start well, him. The, in down, the downside league. is what was supposed to help him was his rushing. Right. And he's, he's, not, yeah, he's, he's only he's... run four times in the first two games. I mean, it is Green Bay and Denver, and Green sure. Bay's defense is a lot better than what it used to be. Yeah. It, I mean, it was better last year than it used to be, and then on top of that, it's even improved even more. I think against the Redskins this week will be really telling. We'll, we'll kind of see yeah. who's the Trubisky. Like, if, if Trubisky doesn't do something against the Redskins, it's, it's game over. Yeah, and then he's got the Vikings after that. So, yeah, it's not not a good start for him. And all right, so let's go back. You mentioned I want to transition a little bit to a, to another quarterback that we we were all very high on. Um, uh, probably me higher on than than you all, but you all were still high on him at the beginning of the season. Kyler Murray, who has been a decent fantasy quarterback so far, even despite not throwing a touchdown pass last week, and he's doing it without rushing. He has 17 rushing yards on the season, and and he's still throwing for 308, throwing for 349. Like the volume yeah, you, is you there. Want re, you want to recount that number? The thousand uh, rushing yards. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> sure. We're going to need some Lamar Jackson 120 yard games out of him to get to that point. That being said, he, I mean, he's still, we, we anticipated, I think at a minimum a five or 600 yard season rushing. Um, oh, absolutely. And, yeah. And yeah, for what, sure. yeah. And right now he's not anywhere close to that pace. So he, but he's still a, a very fantasy relevant quarterback. And so if that, if that comes at some point, then the ceiling is there like this in a, in a seasonal league, this to me is an opportunity to potentially buy low on a guy who you know you look at his numbers and you're like oh he's got two touchdowns and one interception through two games that's it's not overly impressive compared to you know it, what a lot of other quarterbacks are doing but he still threw for 349 yards against the ravens who are a legit defense and and it just makes me wonder if i can't go and get him in a seasonal league um and and try to to get him at a good price for later in the season whenever he actually starts adding running you know rushing yards to his game he's throwing the ball 94 you know, times that's huge yeah, I think that, that's, they're getting their ninety well, plays also, in. By the way, yeah. Well, no, you got you got to remember. First week, still, first week was overtime. Sure, but he also, said for forty uh, times yesterday. Or they, last they had eighty nine plays against the Ravens, though, right? So Did they run eighty nine plays. Well, the Ravens also put up a bajillion points on them too. Well, not a bajillion. What was it like 23? 23. That's it. Yeah, it was yeah. closer. Felt, it was a close game. It, 
Yeah. They were they're running the plays. They they just you know that's why he's getting forty pass attempts. Go back and look at the box like score that. again. I, I really thought like from Lamar Jackson's numbers alone, I was like, I know you was like thirty think, plus. Yeah. <laughs> Lamar Jackson is just. By the way, you know who's efficient. one spot in front of Kyler Murray? Uh, you guys should know. Allen. <laughs> yes. We talked about <laughs> Allen. Allen. I feel like Josh all the Allen? time. Like. Yes, Josh yeah. Allen is one spot in front of Kyler Murray as of today. Yeah, also, though, Case Keenum's number four in the year. So, I mean, well, yeah, yeah see how long yeah, these we'll, we'll, last. we'll see that wait out. I mean, he had a, a big All day right. against the Eagles. Let's pivot to wonderful, and hopefully, if you're listening to this on Friday, it, it didn't go as bad as we're expecting it to be, at least in my opinion. Are you starting anybody on Thursday night, Chris? I mean, obviously, you're starting Derrick Henry, and on the Jacksonville side, you're starting Leonard Fournette. But I guess that's the question. Is that that's it? it? Those are the two. Right- <laughs> Delaney Walker. I guess I. I mean, I don't mind him. Um, but that's it. Like I don't. I can't. I can't feel great about DD, which is unfortunate because I had oh, some high hopes for him. Oh, he's benched in my opinion. Yeah, comes back. definitely. So um, at least there, until you see a connection, I, I can't trust what's going on with Chark. I don't even have any shares. If I did, I didn't even bother trying to get him on the waiver wire. But if I did, I probably, honestly, a Thursday night game, uh, I'm not doing it. Who and are you talking about? You're DJ talking about Shark. Baby Shark. DJ Shark. Yeah, DJ Shark. Shark. There's no chance. Baby so. Shark. <laughs> no, to answer your question, no. Like It's just the backs. <laughs> That's it. It's just the backs. And I have Mariona two-quarterback league, and I'd rather start uh, Rudolph over him. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I'm I don't like any any part of this game. Although I will say I'm in a league. Um, you know, a lot of seasonal leagues have a team defense, and this I think is a great week to start the Tennessee defense. Um, if if you're you know number one on Thursday nights, offenses are usually struggling to begin with. Plus, you've got Gardner Minshew as the Jacksonville quarterback with not a lot of weapons around him. Like, and and the t- Tennessee defense has played pretty well so far. I I've got them as the number two defense of the week right now. Oh baby. All right. Okay, fair enough. Well, let's continue then. Let's start rolling through these some of these games. Quick fire type fish. Yeah, Chris, Cincinnati at Buffalo. On Cincinnati side of things, are we waiting another week to start Joe Mixon after what we saw last week? Uh, Yeah, I, again, I, I try to put myself in the situation. Don't have any Mixon shares, but I, I would like to wait another week. I would try to look elsewhere to see. Uh, it's just not a good matchup. And again, I've been saying this numerous times. Even last year, Jake, when you and I talked, we did the rankings reveal show. It's I have a lot of respect for Buffalo. I really like their defense. I think that Dalton and you know Dalton's thrown the ball a ton over the past couple of weeks, but I think he's gonna. I think this entire offense is really gonna struggle. So Mixon is. I'd look elsewhere for another option, but I think if you have Boyd, like he, you definitely continue to roll him out. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Andy Dalton, we just talked about Kyler Murray having 94 pass attempts for two games. Andy Dalton has 93. Yeah. And and he's thrown for more yards, more touchdowns. Like, they're they're chucking the ball like crazy. So, well, it's because I, their I defense love is trash. Defense is that, trash. That, but it's also, this is Zach, you know, Zach Taylor bringing the Rams scheme over, over to, yeah. to Cincinnati, love and he's it. trying to use the weapons they have. John Ross has become relevant for the first time in three years, and, and it's actually, it's fun to watch. And they've done all this without A.J. Green, and they've basically done it without Joe Mixon. He's been mm-hmm. atrocious to this point. So, so it's, it's actually pretty impressive to, that they've even been able to be in, in, you know, games. They only lost by a point at Seattle, which no one would have saw that come in week one. So I, I think this is a, a trend in the right direction. I honestly just kind of hope Cincinnati goes and gets some weapons in next year's draft because with this system, add a, add a couple players to it. I, I think they're, they could be a, a, a top half offense, a top 10 offense, even Jake, right. would you buy low what? on Mixon? I mean, yesterday doing the athletic yeah. chat. There was a question about would you trade Jacobs for Mixon, and I just I felt like oh, the answer should have been low. yes, but I was just I said no. I was like just hold Jacobs. No, that's that's a wash to me. That's, yeah. that's not buying low in my opinion. That's a back end RB one. I mean, you know how I feel about that top yeah. end RB two. I mean, it's in that conversation for me. And right. That's like, I mean, if you really want, I don't know that I don't. Issue, I wouldn't rather have Jacobs in that. That's what I mean. Like, that's I, what I was saying. Just keep yeah, Jacobs. Like I, yeah. I don't. I mean, well, I haven't. I haven't seen. I mean, Mixon's not even a top fifty running back right now. Well, yeah, I mean, it's let was eleven for seventeen last week. He was banged up. Yeah. Like the the one thing I felt nice or good about it was, you know, the fact that they went to Joe Mixon so much early in the game. That told me like, oh, okay, maybe this injury is yeah, isn't that serious. But once things kind of got out of hand, they pulled back on that. So hopefully, I'm just hoping he's healthy. I, I don't want to start him against Buffalo, and that's what I was saying is like maybe he's a really good buy low even after this week. But on the bill side of things, Chris, so this is the one you guys know how I like, look, I've kind of like been loving on Josh Allen for fantasy, despite how much I hate him in real life. But 
the truth is I've also you guys both and I say this you guys both know this is I've been campaigning Cole Beasley a lot and we've brought up the reason why in the discussion all that being said is you can go back I don't want to spend another five minutes going over Cole Beasley I'm now pulling back on that a little bit because Cole Beasley had a decent game the first two weeks and more so you know you look at last week against the Giants decent my biggest concern now Chris is that he actually had the what one two three four four he's snap count behind Dawson Knox and Lee Smith 41 each for tight ends he was 37 snaps last week eight behind Zay Jones Yikes. that's my concern if they were going to keep Beasley out there as the one and two with John Brown and what I said was going to help Josh Allen is what they were doing with the Carolina Panthers and uh, Cam Newton and get him that safe option over the middle of the field. I don't know if it was health-related or whatever it might be, but when the snap count dropped down under 50% last week, now I'm not saying immediately go do it, but Beasley's now droppable. Yeah, I cut him in a couple spots, and um, certainly like I think 50 of his 83 yards came on one play, which is not going to (laughs) happen. You know, Maybe won't happen again the rest of the year with Cole Beasley. He's not that type of player. So I, I yeah I could I could agree with that I mean he's only a hold in, in deep full point PPR leagues that's it with like multiple flexes like he probably will only ever be a bi week replacement flexes. yeah like a bi week <laughs> replacement or an injury filler that that's it yeah I I would agree with that yeah I I completely agree I mean I they I don't even like the the. Any, starting anybody on this team offensively outside of John Brown and, and Josh Allen. Oh, I was because, gonna say you better say John Brown. Yeah, you gotta start. <laughs> yeah, John Brown, Josh Allen. I and and honestly, right now Frank Gore's. You know, if assuming Singletary is gonna be out, you know Frank Gore might be worth the start just because of, of ah, a potential volume number in a game that I, I think they're gonna win. I would agree. I would, I think so he's I got, a low in RB two. I got week. sick to my stomach picking. I picked up Frank Gore in like two or three leagues. Me too. And just like, wow, I got to do it. You got to do it. Yeah, I mean, you have to. Like, right now, it's and I, I've got him in a, a dynasty league that um, I'm, I'm doing anything I can to try to move him right now while he's starting to a team that needs a running back because I know his value is is I, I feel like it's pretty limited to a, a four to six week span right here. It's all better news <laughs> for Josh Allen who will continue to call his own number in the red zone and run a little bit more with. Well, Singletary. and the thing is, is like even as good as Singletary looks, is they're still giving Frank Gore almost all of the carries and yeah, Singletary's I, 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 a change I, like, of pace guy right now yeah I didn't even think it was that funny of a joke but somebody thought it was hilarious it was just kind of like a throwaway I was like Frank Gore is not going to go away till his son pushes him off the field like that's like <laughs> just go away at this point like because I don't know if everybody knows that he's going into college this year to start playing himself so that's why I made the joke but anyway <laughs> speaking of not wanting to start anybody on a team Chris yeah you have to start one person on the Dolphins pick one. Oh my goodness um <laughs> Wow. Uh, pfft, uh. I mean, it has to be Kenyon Drake, right? Like, no. And at a minimum, they Preston might Williams? look into a defensive interception where they get the ball I'd inside Preston, the five. No, no chance. Yeah, I was thinking Williams or Parker. Like, I'm, I would rather take the shot on one of those wide receivers than have any confidence at all in this run game. Because here's the thing about the Dolphins. They're so miserable that they have a minus 92-point differential. But as we've seen through the first two games, it's not even just they get down so fast that they're passing. It's like they just don't care they just keep passing anyway can we set an over under on the on the point differential this season you just said 92 last year arizona was minus 200 i mean this team is going to absolutely set records they have one more game against new england in new england i have no confidence that they're going <laughs> to score gonna, any points in any of their games that arizona number by mid-season they should yeah they they may they might they might break it by week five it, it could be like <laughs> minus three i'm thinking in my head like this is like a minus 330 or 340 <laughs> the next something two games are the cal Cowboys and Chargers. That's like, what I mean. It's a what Cowboys are what minus twenty one. When you're when you're betting too, like this is what I said with Beller, and we'll do the are show they really later. Minus twenty one. Minus twenty one oh, favorites yeah. Dallas. I haven't even and looked New England's twenty two and a half over the Jets. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And this is what I said last week with Beller when we were doing. I was like, if you're if you're somebody who likes to bet the over under, you have to ask yourself this. It's set at forty eight and a half. It was new. It was New England and Miami last week. Is is New England going to score forty nine points? Because you have to think that Miami may <laughs> not score a point. And that's the exact same way I'm going to treat it this way. Is Dallas going to score 44 points? If you don't think that they are, take the under. Because I have no confidence. You're right, Brad. Maybe they fall into an interception, potential fumble, and they get a field goal or a touchdown. But I have no confidence that this this team can get double-digit points. No chance. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, I'm that. not starting anybody. <laughs> take the zero. Still has more fantasy points on the year than Joe Mixon. And the, I guess the big question is, do you hold Drake and does Hobie gets traded? Yeah, no, I've, you have to. I, I even picked no, him up off a waiver wire. He got <laughs> Why? He's got to get traded. Trade everybody. Get, he get, might, they're get trading everybody. Get a pick like I, for this no, guy. Dave, There's Dave a chance Dave that he gets traded. Next, look, look. 
Xavier Howard's the next one out the door. Who's Drake going to go to where he's going to have better value? Anyway, like he's not going to get an injury. A lead role. An injury has to happen. Yeah, a couple injuries have to happen for him to. No, know, so actually, here's what I'll tell you to do, Chris, about holding on to him because you're hoping for the trade. You do that. Hope that. I don't know. Okay, whatever. Too late. I already said it. I don't want to say hope for an injury somewhere. Yeah, we but, know what you mean. Yeah. So if something pops up because one of the teams that came to mind immediately was if Peyton Barber got hurt. And then you sell Drake before he even plays a game. Sell him because people are going to go bananas <laughs> yes. because they're going to be like, oh, my God, he's going to a new team. Everything's better. Yes. Yeah. It's a great scenario. Yeah, so, I, there you I, go. I would agree. Like, but I, I do think there's a chance he goes somewhere and he's productive because everybody thought he, there's a, at least a chance he would be reasonably productive. Oh, in definitely. This year. I just didn't oh, know that he was. I, I just was on the, the side of I don't think at this point, unless something crazy like that happens, I don't see him going to a team where he's getting you know, 20 touches per game. I think if anybody did trade for him at right now, if anybody's trading for him, it's trading for him to use him as part of the mix. Hate the trade. Although sure. I will say, something. could you imagine if your team lost Damian and LaShawn McCoy, like we thought they were going to, and they traded for Drake, holy crap. People would be like <laughs> losing. They would, this would be like trading for Ricky Williams in real life. Here's my roster. <laughs> I want Kenyon Drake. <laughs> He's got to get traded at some point. I would, I would, I would, I, Put a bet down on that. Yeah, he's gonna they're going to move anybody All they right, absolutely quick. can at this point. On the other side, Brad, Devin Smith, uh, I, we've talked about before. I mentioned on Monday that I was higher than probably should have been, but still love the Mike Wallace potential that he could bring. This is a matchup against the Dolphins. Like, they legitimately don't have corner. The only one left is Damian Howard, who doesn't even want to be there anymore because he <laughs> tweeted out the gift <laughs> from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air the last episode That's where he's great. standing in the living room. Uh, so, But if anything, he'll be on Amari Cooper anyway. So, Devin Smith and Randall Cobb, who I, both, I think both of them could have value, but are you going to Smith because of the big play, or are you going for Cobb because he's the veteran and could get seven receptions in this game? So I think that depends on what what how your team structure is because if you need a floor, I think Randall Cobb is is the safer floor play. But Smith has the has the Demarcus Robinson upside. So what do you need on your team? If you've already got a couple stars that are going to give you a high floor, then go Devin Smith. Go go all out and and you know get give yourself a chance to have a 150 yard two touchdown week because he gives you that upside and and without Gallup in there, he's I mean it's it's you know it's potentially for more than one week. It's not just a one week play. Yeah, I would. Have, you said it perfectly. Absolutely. Okay. Well, then let's move to the next game then. Denver at Green Bay. The, the bat, I'll lead you this, Chris, and then you can chime in. We'll, we'll start doing that going forward. You get the topic. I'll switch topics back and forth. If the other person wants to chime in or not, we'll just roll that way. The backfield for Denver. Is Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay just going to be a headache, or are you just going to roll them out there every single week because you don't know who it's going to be, or what are you doing? Yeah, I, I do think it's going to be a headache. Um, when we talked about Monday, it was a lot closer than than what people would have expected, and I was just surprised with the usage that Freeman got in the air, like getting some targets. Like I would never imagine that he'd have eight targets, six catches, fifty three yards after after two games. So I think if you if you're owners of these guys, you play them. It could be a, a Lindsay game. He can get a few catches of the backfield because I expect Green Bay to have a lot of success in this game in Green Bay against Denver. So, yeah, I mean, you can play them both, but I'm not excited about either, to be honest. Yeah, and I – so, yeah, I don't I don't like either one this week because I actually really like the Packers' defense at, at home. They've played really well so far this year. I think the Broncos could get shut out this, this week. All right, well, then for you, Brad, on Green Bay, Marquez Valdez-Scantlin or Geronimo Allison or – and that this isn't like, look at me, but I, I, just going back to is this going to be what I said at the preseason where it's going to be alternating weeks and you're just never going to know? Yeah, I, I mean – I think this, what's our go-to line like in a best ball, like, you know, maybe it's good. They're good to have on your roster because you at least get the good weeks when they have them. But, you know, at least Geronimo Allison got targets this last week and, yeah. and got a touchdown. Um, he's still, you know, four catches for 25 yards. is not what you want to see, but it's better than throwing up a zero. So I don't know. I, at this point, I don't, I'm not big on either one of them. I feel like there's gotta be better options out there. I'd, I'd rather run, you know, McCole Hardman or Demarcus Robinson out there off the waiver wire um, than one of these guys that was drafted for sure. Yeah, I think that, it, again, it just goes to show like week one, don't overreact. I mean, Geronimo Allison isn't something that, you know, we thought would be a wide receiver too. You know, at best, I think we we're just thinking three and, and a guy that you can roll in, you know, as a flex Yeah, I kind of thought both of them would be three. Yeah, because and, and they could. This is... They could be. But you, I think you're right, Jake, when you said it. Like, it's going to be week to week. You're just not going to know. But the fact that you could have potentially drafted Geronimo Allison, got the donut from him, and then dropped him, and then you saw last week he gets the touchdown, five targets, you know, work inside the red zone. 
zone, you're like, oh, man, what am I doing? Like, just just be patient, like, with these guys. Like, just, you don't have to start them, but you can, you know, you can stash them. You can hold them on your bench. All right, so Atlanta, Indianapolis, your question, Chris, on the Atlanta side, and I actually have a feeling, Brad, you're going to want to chime in on this one. Is it Edo Smith time? Or, I mean, Devontae oh, Freeman is, like, burnt toast at this point. I don't. I don't know if he's burnt toast, but he definitely does look like burnt toast. He's um, like on setting four. He's yeah, getting there. It's it's <laughs> yeah, it's rough. Check the toaster because uh, he's heating up. Check, hashtag check the toaster. <laughs> Use that. Um, yeah, he just he hasn't looked good on the ground. I mean, two tough matchups. The Eagles are a tough team to run against. We we've been saying that. I, I you know everybody knows that, but at least. He had four targets, three catches, 42 yards. It's just the small, you know, there were a lot of questions yesterday at The Athletic with on the chat about Freeman. What do I do? Do I cut him? Do I drop him? I don't think you cut him, you don't drop him. Maybe you look for other options to start him. But, uh, yeah, you're right. Edo Smith looks like he's really cutting in, which is, I just don't think Edo Smith is that good. So it's really concerning for Freeman. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I don't think Smith is that good either. And, I, I, I mean, at this point, how do you want any part of this rushing game? Like, even if Edo Smith is in there, it's not like he's going to get 15, 20 carries. Like, the, the volume's just not going to be there. He's going to be touchdown dependent. Like, this is all about their passing game. You want, you know, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Austin Hooper, even Muhammad Sanu, you know, in a deep league um, could be a valuable play because they're hitting this stretch of games now where they're playing every game inside. Um, and, and that's where, you know, Matt Ryan has thrived in the past. This is an opportunity to... You know, and their defense has shown their defense is not very good, so they're they're going to be in some shootouts. And and Matt Ryan's got what eighty nine attempts through two games now, so they're they're chucking the ball like crazy. Man, a dome game all the way until week eleven. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's the stretch has started. So Indianapolis side of things is this just the simplified process of hey, we know we're starting Marlon Mack and T.Y. Hilton, not really messing with much else. I mean, maybe if you're needy, you start Eric Ebron and hope he sneaks into the end zone. Yeah, you got to be pretty needy, but yeah, those those are the two guys, and and maybe Jacoby Brissett, like he's been he's been decent as a as a two quarterback guy. I mean, he's got five touchdowns, right? Five touchdowns in two games. I think every Colts fan would take that. Yeah, for sure. And I, okay. the, the, you know, there's, there's leagues where I'm in where I'm like, I'm already starting to look at like bye weeks for quarterbacks. When, when does my quarterback have a bye week? And then who that week, who plays the Dolphins? And I've got leagues where um, De, Deshaun Watson is my quarterback. He's got a bye week 10. That's the Colts. Colts play the Dolphins. I want Jacoby Brissett. So I'm already stashing him on my bench to just sit and hold him until that point because I don't want to have to pay fab money for him later. And, and he's available almost everywhere right now. Yeah, so and then just hold Indy that, for Survivor that week too, I guess. Yeah, I'm I'm targeting yeah, I'm targeting anybody anybody that's playing the Dolphins for for bye week replacements right now. Uh, I looked and unfortunately like their their schedule isn't the best for picking up defenses. Like cuz a lot of people already have the Cowboys, a lot of people already have the Chargers. Are you really going to roll out the Redskins defense against them? Like that's the one defense where I'd probably be like, ah, I'm not even going to waste my time. Will they score 10 points in that game? They might. Wait, who the Redskins or the Dolphins? <laughs> Dolphins. <laughs> the Dolphins. <laughs> But the thing is, like, Case Keenum can air it out, man. But we know fantasy, you want sacks and turnovers. Like, that's the thing is, like, are the Redskins really getting either of those? And then the next week is at the Bills, then it's at the Steelers. So maybe you stash the Steelers two weeks back, like, when they're playing the Redskins. That's the only one I could see because the Bills are on, the Chargers are on, the Cowboys are on. That was my only point. I was was 100% with you, Brad. And the only reason I know this is because I specifically went last night because I have the Cowboys. And I'm like, all right, I know the Cowboys have a terrible game next week. I need to start looking ahead. And I was doing my waivers for today and i'm like oh crap there's nobody really to pick up going against the dolphins so i started looking for the Bengals and the giants as the two teams are starting to target outside of those so see I, case, I don't think the Bengals is a good one to target just just because i, I do I think they're going to throw the ball a ton so no but that's um, why i will say this because the turnovers and the sacks that's why you want it because even like just like i'm just not to argue with you hard on this but just because like last week is a perfect proof they still put points on the board but it was still one of the best defenses of the top five defense of the week for the 49ers because of the sacks and turnovers and that's fair. And, and you know, you talked about, is Washington going to be able to get turnovers against Miami? Well, they, they haven't done it to this point, but they've also played Philly and Dallas, who we think are two pretty good teams. So I, I think at, at some point Miami is just bad enough that it doesn't matter who they play. That team is going to have success against them. And so I, I would I would still lean to starting Washington's defense against Miami in week six um, because I don't, I don't think it matters at this point. Yeah. I don't know. That's that's a tough one. We'll have to re- revisit that in week six. So let's let's talk to the next game. You know what the next game is? 
It's the one that everybody's going to be watching. It's the Ravens at the Chiefs. Maybe. I, I guess, like, I'll be what there. do we really, oh, what do we I'm need to even say? One. Man, I could sense the smile on your face right now. I'd love to be there. Actually, here's the here's the one question I'll throw out there, and I'll let Chris go first because this is your team, and I, don't know, I feel like we're going to spend 20 minutes on it. But <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, DeMar- if you're going Chris this week, Demarcus Robinson or Michael Hartman, which would you roll out? And don't give me, like, it depends. Like, I would roll out Robinson. Trust I would roll out okay. Robinson. Seeing what I saw last week. Um, and I know he's not going to continue to do that, but I would roll out Robinson. Yes, that's that's my guy. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And and I will say this. I, I still think the tune on Nicole Hartman changes quite a bit if his 73-yard touchdown is not called back because then it becomes like, oh, you well, can everybody's play gonna react to that. confident. Well, let me ask. You're saying is now fantasy-wise everybody's tune changes or yours? Because I don't think – I'm assuming you're not saying you would have changed your opinion if you would have scored that touchdown. No, I'm saying fantasy wise around the industry, right? Everybody I just want to clarify. Like, yeah, right. throw these guys out there. I'm I'm because starting Demarcus you know, Robinson any chance I get this week because the Ravens just gave up 200 yard games to to Christian Kirk and and um, Larry Fitzgerald in the same game. They both had over 100 yards against the Ravens, and the Chiefs have already proven they're they're not matchup dependent. So I think there's a good chance that Sammy Watkins goes off. I think Demarcus Robinson could go off. Tyree or uh, not Tyree Kill, but Travis Kelsey. In the middle. <laughs> I tell you what, Tyree Kill's definitely not going off. Yeah, have no, he's definitely he's not. Probably, you're probably safe to put him well, on your so this week. The but. snap count difference for last week is Hardman played 13 fewer snaps. There was 76 snaps, 70 snicks, 76 snaps in yeah. the game. Robinson played 69. Michael Hardman had 56. So, it, like, here's what I'm going to say: is what I, to our friend of the show, Pat. You know, we were on his show, and this is the thing: is like, and I think we've talked about it before. Everybody's talked about it, but here's the thing: is I think we even said this on Monday. It's the same thing: is Somebody's going to disappoint. Yes. But somebody, whoever the disappointing person is, is still going to be at least a wide receiver three. Yeah, exactly. You you have to, and, and as I said, like just it, start them all. In one of my home leagues, I I spent on Robinson to, and I and I got him and I needed him. I needed some wide receiver help, and it's like everyone's like, wow, you really like Robinson? Like, I mean, listen, in this offense, are you kidding me? Like, who knows if when Tyreek Hill is going to come back? Who knows when Sammy Watkins put, could potentially go down? It's very possible. And Watkins playing ninety two percent of the snaps in week two, and Robinson playing ninety one percent. Like he's a part of this offense and Patrick Mahomes is unbelievable so just give me a piece of it I'm, I'm absolutely starting play them all yeah sure yeah, and play them. Hardman is they're using Hardman a lot like they did Tyree Kill when he was a rookie in that they're they're moving him all over they're running him in motion it's all kinds of kind of crazy gadget type stuff whereas Demarcus Robinson is a legit guy where when Mahomes sees one-on-one outside he just chucks it up and lets him make a play because he's big he's fast he's strong like he has complete confidence in him to to go one-on-one with anybody and so that i don't see him doing that with hardman hardman he's getting his opportunities when he's open whereas robinson mahomes will just take a chance and let him make a play and that that to me is part of the reason why i want robinson because that big play potential is there on literally every snap that's gonna be a new thing just play them all just play, play, the, play yeah, all the all. Chiefs. Hashtag play it's the them Chiefs. All. Yeah. What, Gotta play them all. What's the deal with their backs? Like, uh, I haven't heard any news on on. Well, that's so. Williams that's the weird thing. Look, unfortunately, this well, is a Wednesday what, show. Just follow us on yeah. Twitter and ask questions. There's been zero reports on Damian Williams so far. LaShawn McCoy, the report is he's fine yeah. and should be okay for the week three. Yeah, and Williams, nobody said anything. That, it was a knee yeah. deal, but it was a contusion. So, I mean, it's basically a bruise. And at that point, I would I would lend it, you know, lend myself to think that he's probably going to be fine. And the the thing is, like, the Chiefs could not run the ball against the Raiders last I week. I said they I don't want to spend and... 20 minutes on the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're at seven right now, so it's, we're we it's still got true. Doing more. the time codes, we have spent the most um, on this game. <laughs> Which yeah, is fair I, because it, it mean, is, and it's a nice, intriguing match. It's a very fantasy relevant game because everybody's going to look. Everybody wants to play teams against you know Lamar Jackson and Marquise Brown and everybody else on on the Ravens side against the Chiefs defense. That you know they looked good in the second half last week, but it was a, a good game script. They can kind of pin themselves, pin their ears back, and go after the quarterback. They can't do that against Lamar Jackson. So it's it's they're going to have to play a lot more. You know, almost like a a, a run read as a defensive line. Um, just to kind of contain him a little bit, and because you don't uh-huh. want him going for 120 yards rushing again, because their defense, their defensive backs are are At not good Brad enough. Brad Ziegler, to if you want to spend the yeah, rest of your day it. talking about the Chiefs in this game all day, all day, all, day, all week, I'll be I'll be here all the way up until 11:45 on Sunday. Oakland, 11:45 Central Time. <laughs> Oakland at Minnesota. Chris, here's the question I'm going to spin towards you because this is the kind of questions we've been getting, at least I've seen in chats, and I'm sure you've probably seen the same thing. I'm going to say it like I'm a fantasy player asking you the question. 
Stefan Diggs suck now? <laughs> wow. Um, no, I don't think he sucks. I haven't gotten that question. I've gotten a lot of hate for – there's been a lot of hate about Thielen. Like, nobody knows what to do with Thielen. I don't, I don't think he sucks. Like, certainly three catches after two weeks does suck. <laughs> um, you know, he saved his day with that touchdown. This is a team that wants to run the football, and that's pretty concerning. I, I knew that they wanted to run Those the football. Those are concerns heading into the season. Yeah, I knew that with, with Yeah, Gary and then they Kubiak. went through ten times week one. Yeah, and, so. and they're, they're really running. Hold on. They're really running. I don't think he sucks. And I think it's an opportunity to buy low, but I don't think he has that upside anymore like that. Like, he was mostly ranked, like, wide receiver 12, 13, 14. I would, like, put him towards late teens, maybe early 20s, rest of the year. Okay, so here's here's my concern with... with uh, Diggs. Who are we talking about here? Diggs, yeah. All right. <laughs> Shady, McCoy. He, he was questionable all week the going Chiefs. up to the... <laughs> yeah, let's go back to Demarcus Robinson. No, um... He was questionable all week. Uh, and you want to talk about the Anthony Thomas? In the past, year after year, yeah, year after year after year, Stephon Diggs, when he's questionable does and he's active, does not play well. It's a, I right. mean, that is we, a massive yeah, trend. And he was questionable all week. They, he was a game time decision. They said run him out. They're, you know, he's active. He had seven targets. He had one catch. And yes, it was a 49 yard touchdown. He also had another touchdown that was called back by a penalty in the red zone. So at least he had another look that was uh, a possible, you know, might have changed people's tune on him a little bit. At the same time, they're like, he, I, I don't want anything to do with him when he's banged up. That's why I don't. I literally don't own him in a single league. I told you all the best ball drafts I have, 40 whatever best balls, zero <laughs> Stephon Diggs because Hard he's just not reliable. And But I also don't have very much of Adam Thielen because of what I saw in the second half last year after they switched offensive coordinators. It was a run-first mentality. I have probably, I'm going to say 30 shares or so of Dalvin Cook out of those 40-some best balls solely because they wanted to run the ball. I thought it should have been a late first round pick and he was getting in, getting to me in the second round every time. And so I, I, I don't, I don't want anything to do. Kirk, Kirk Cousins has looked terrible this, yeah, you know, has. this year so far. I want nothing to do with the passing game at all, unless it's um, Dalvin Cook catching balls out of the backfield. I'm trying to buy low on Thielen. I don't know how you feel, Jake, but I, Thielen is the one that I yeah. feel least safest with or safest. About. Well, I'd also buy low on Diggs because as soon as he's healthy and pops off for a game or two, you can turn around and flip him because people are just going to be all over. Oh yeah. yeah. This is why we love Diggs so much. Yeah, I remember yeah. now. He's going to be having those good people, games from your bench yeah. though, because you can't, I feel like you can't play him right now. If he knew he's healthy, he hasn't been on the injury report this week. I'm, I'm okay playing him against the yeah, Raiders as long as it continues to roll out there. The, the Raiders simple, Chris, it's just, we know the three, as long as Josh Jacobs is obviously healthy for this week, it's Jacobs, Tyrell Williams, and Darren Waller at the end. Yeah. Th those, those are the three. It seemed like Williams and uh, Jacobs popped up in the injury report, but uh, nothing significant from those two. Yeah. You, you just roll. All right. Well three. then here's the next question for you. As we circle back around, pick a second player after Le'Veon Bell to play on the jets. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> uh, I mean, even Crowder just wasn't wasn't great. You know, I just Robbie Anderson, I guess. Like, but he's you gonna have to go though, against Gilmore. I mean, like, it's just exactly. yeah. So it's I, yeah. I don't I don't want to. If I had to play six wide right. receivers, I'm sure maybe I would I would roll out Crowder. Well, then let me turn this around for Brad, and then you can comment on this as well. Now, Sony Michelle had a miserable week one, had a nice week two, but had a nice week two on kind of a volume standpoint. And there's been a lot of people tweeting about it and throwing the numbers around. And it's funny how quickly people change course because this is what people do in fantasy is like all offseason, Sony Michelle is going to get him more carries and more touches and more receptions. And he's going to be this bell cow and blah, blah, blah. He's going to score 15 to 20 touchdowns. And all of a sudden, everybody's like, oh, this was the concern. He's only averaging 1.3 yards after con or whatever it is. Like, yeah. just. Like, oh, my God, you guys were not saying this two months ago. Like, stop. That all being said, Brad, I hate it because now I feel like I'm the one defending Sony Michelle, which is what I don't want to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, they I will say this. They have not used him in the passing game at all. And and yeah, as a they're as not a, going to all that talk in the no, office, they're, they're, no they're not. And he. He, yeah, it's Burkhead, it's James White, it's whatever. Like, or I, I know, I don't even know if Burkhead has any catches right now. He's got seven. So they, yeah, he's actually hurting James White now. Yeah, he is. Yeah, so they're, you know, it, it's it's just kind of one of the scenarios where like I don't I don't want Michelle because I don't that they, they have no problem just throwing the ball. It doesn't matter how much they're up. 
And now they have Antonio Brown. Like, they have this new toy, and, and we <laughs> talked about it on Monday. They don't know how long they're going to have him. It, it's possible he's out there the rest of the season. It's also possible they, they lose him for six or eight games in the middle of the season at some point if he if he gets suspended. So it, it, they're going to use him while they have him. Tom Brady is not shy about throwing the ball, and they're so efficient when they throw it that it just, it just makes more sense. Now they lost their left tackle, Isaiah Wynn, you know, at least for eight weeks. And um, so I... I don't, I don't, I don't see them being that much more calm running the ball going forward. So um, I think it's, you know, Michelle's, Michelle's going to be a volume dependent guy. They're going to be winning games. So he's going to get some opportunities, but he hasn't shown good efficiency yet. And, and so I'm not, I'm not overly confident with him right now as anything more than a flex play. You got to bring back Gronk so he, so he can block for Sony Michelle. I, I think <laughs> if, I think you have That's to, why they would bring him back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, definitely hasn't been efficient, but. I mean, if you're a Michelle owner, you just you, what you're hoping for is that he falls in the end zone. Like you would take last week's twenty one week. carries, eighty five yards and a touchdown. I mean, I suppose you would take that, right? It's a low end RB two as a flex. If you have him as a flex, people were down well, on that him. That was a high end RB two last week. Yeah, I, last week, but last week was a weird week. I think consistently though, if he gets what twelve fantasy points, 14, that's fourteen. Four, that's fourteen points, and so in a in a I'm full, taking that every single yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. Th- I thought it was a little bit lower and a half. But, yeah, no, you take it. You just hope he, he falls in the end zone. So this week against the Jets, same thing. If he gets 15 to 20 touches, 70 to 90 yards, and he falls in the end zone, you just move on and you're happy. But, yeah, he may not be uber efficient the rest of the rest of the way. You're just hoping that he's he's falling in the end zone. That's it. That's all it is. So your Eagles, Chris. Lots of problems. Pick a wide receiver. <laughs> I like Aguilar. I mean, I've always been a, an Aguilar fan. I besides don't. The they drops. move him outside. Well, he still played in a, in a lot in the slot. Now they could move him around um, Not, this, well, so this here's week the, uh, without like, Jackson I'm and gonna Jeffrey. I'm going to crap all over you right out of the gate. And this is just, <laughs> just like, no, and I want you to you know push back, and that's why I'm going to do this. So my concern is Matt Collins was in the slot a lot towards the end of that game. They, they, they moved, moved a lot. They yes, he was, but they they were rolling and, through three guys actually in this. In I know, slot. I know, but also JJ. Hold on, hold on. JJ Arcega Whiteside is very much like Juju Smith-Schuster, where he's a big slot. Again, I'm not saying it's going to happen, right. but my concern of why I'm so hesitant and I don't want to start Aguilar if I don't have to, and I think people are getting a little too excited, is he plays outside. Even if he plays 50 percent outside, he's going to get Darius Slay. Like that's like like I actually don't like this matchup because people still don't give Darius Slay that. Oh my gosh, that's a bad matchup. Yeah, no, it's not a great matchup, but uh, honestly, like volume and opportunity, I think he's, I think he's Fair. definitely a flex play. I mean, there's just nobody now, and if you're gonna give him 11 targets, and for Zach Ertz, like Zach Ertz after week one, I was thinking, wow, Ertz. I mean, I don't know if he's gonna come close to last season with all of these weapons, and then all of a sudden, Jeffrey goes down and Deshaun Jackson goes down, and he leads the week in targets out of anybody with 16. So he's gonna be a huge player. It's those two guys, like Arcega Whiteside. They went to him early. There was an interception, a drop, and then he just stopped, like, went to stop looking his way. Like, he's at least familiar with Aguilar. There's going to be a few easy completions. They'll move him around, some end around, some slot work. Yeah, on the outside is not I great. I kind of treat but... it like the Cowboys situation. If I want the safe Cobb, I'm going to Aguilar. If I want to just shoot for everything like Devin Smith, I'm going to go Arcega yeah. Whiteside. Yeah, that's fair. I don't expect too much from Arcega Whiteside. I think it's going to be a lot of Aguilar and a lot of... Uh, so, maybe they lean on the run. Like, lean on the run, guys. Like, you got an offensive line <laughs> of, st- and 14 Stop backs. giving Jordan Howard carries! Just, like, run eight, the football. But... Eight for 18. God, stop well, Jordan no, Howard. Nobody has stop. been great in, in that in the run game, really. Like, Sanders hasn't well, give been Well, Miles Sanders some chance to get into a game flow. I think uh, you'll Brad. see it this week. On the other side of it, real so quick, I, I'm going to flip something to you. Yeah. No, no, no. Okay. Oh, it goes no, right no. out of time. I'm flipping you. I'm, you're getting the lines. So this is the question <laughs> I'm going to point to you. They let C.J. Anderson go. Do you sell high and carry on Johnson right now because things still won't change under Patricia? Yeah. I, I mean, if if you're legitimately selling high, I actually think there's a chance that, that his volume has to go up now because there's no way they're going to run nope. Wayne Gallman or who, who do they grab no. off a of waiver? No, it's, oh, it's not Wayne Gallman. Perkins. No, Paul no, Perkins. this is why. Yeah. <laughs> no, because Ty Johnson is going to get yes. even more touches like yes. he did last week. Agreed. And people still forget they have JD McKissick, who has been essentially theoretical for the first two weeks that people just kind of forgot that he was even on this team because he's JD McKissick. I grabbed some Ty but, Johnson yeah. shares. Carrion's not, not going to be used a lot in the passing game, but I think he's better. I would rather have him as a running back than Sony Michelle right now. I'll say that. Just because Ooh, I, I no one going to be taking carries away from him, whereas Sony Michelle's like a, in the middle of a three-headed monster. Oh, everybody's taking so carries I, away. This is ex- see, thank you. This is exactly why. I look. 
this is well, we can remember this one too. We could put a pin in it or whatever. This is why I'm saying sell high and carry on Johnson. Now you're obviously you don't agree on the other side of it, or like unless you're selling high is what you said. But this is why it's because people are going to make excuses that carry on Johnson is going to get more. No, Matt Patricia does not stop being Matt Patricia, just like Doug Peterson doesn't stop being Doug Peterson, and just like Bill Belichick doesn't stop being Bill. They are who we thought they were. <laughs> yeah, and this is a t- if you want to do it, I would do it now too. Like in Philly, I don't expect a good game from him. I think Ty Johnson will be involved. I think he'll catch a few more balls. I took. I picked up a few shares of him in deeper formats. I think he's, I don't want to say theoretic role, but we did talk about him a few weeks ago before the season started, uh, you know, when they moved on from Riddick, the potential to, you know, get some work. I think this is good news for him more than it is carry on. I hope Brad's right. I hope you're right. I, I legitimately do because I like carry on Johnson. I hope Patricia gets his head out of you nowhere and he starts using him 20 times a he game. He should use him 20 I times. I really do. Yeah, he should. But All right, so Brad, yeah, Carolina I, I, at Arizona. Yeah. No, go else for it. We're, we're, okay. We, Carolina it. Panthers. Uh, we, this is another quarterback situation. We have the Kyle Allen, similar to Daniel Jones. Is it DJ Moore for you and Greg Olson? And now the concern is Curtis Samuel because that's where I'm leaning is now my concern is for Curtis Samuel. Uh, no, my, my biggest concern still goes back to McCaffrey. And solely because I just think they're going to force whatever quarterback is in there, whether it's a, a banged up cam or whether it's Kyle Allen or whatever, they're going to force the, the, the quarterback to beat him at this point because they're going to take the best player on the field out of the game as best they can. And that's what I they ran into it with Tampa Bay last week. And I, I am concerned that they're, you know, they're going to do the same thing again this week. And and he's going to end up facing a bunch of stacked fronts. They're going to have to try to be somewhat creative to get him the ball in space because he's not going to have it coming, you know, coming, getting a handoff out of the backfield. Yeah, I have a, I have some concerns as well, but it could be a situation where the quarterback play is so bad. I mean, look at Lev Bell on Monday at 10 catches on 10 targets. I mean, if, if McCaffrey, we know that he can do that. So if he can get double-digit targets and a few catches, maybe he can, he can save your day. But I do have some concerns with – how efficient he's going to be on the ground. Like I could see similar, like what do you have like 16 for like under 40 or something last week? I think it, you know, we could see games like that moving forward. So I, and the one, the I one think good you thing start about Samuel and DJ the Cardinals. Yeah. Yeah. The one he's playing the Cardinals who have a terrible defense. So there is a chance that even if they try to scheme and take him out of the game, that he's still going to be better than all the guys trying to tackle him and, and find some space. So um, I, th- I think there's still an opportunity there. I just, I, but I have no problem. I have no problem rolling out Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore, um, even potentially Greg Olson. I don't. I have no idea how you know how much Kyle Allen's going to use a tight end. Cam Newton obviously loves him, um, but but if you know if if Allen's out there, which Newton's in a walking boot again today, it, it sounds like. So I have a hard time seeing. Newton oh yeah, be Cam, out there. Cam's not playing. They already reported yeah. that he's out and potentially okay, even so, out next week. So. Yeah, so it's yeah, the fact he, is, is like, I, like then... I've got to go. No, but I, I'm not. Pff, screw you guys. I'm not concerned about Christian McCaffrey at all. Period. Done. You can try and take him out of the game. He might have a down week, which last week was a down week. But no, it's it's the same thing as Saquon Barkley. You can do what you can do and maybe give him a down game. But as kind of similar to your Chiefs, Brad, a down game is still a startable game. It's never. Oh gonna yeah, be that you're bad. always. Starting. Yeah, you're not gonna not play him. Like it, it's no, just, no, no, no. You have a little I meant, less like, confidence. Even, no, and that's fine. I meant like even if somebody doesn't want to treat him as a top five running back going forward, mm. I, I would absolutely buy in a heartbeat. Uh, we already talked about the Giants on the Buccaneers side. I mean, uh, I guess here's the one question, Chris: Do you roll out Jameis Winston because of the matchup? Do, is this not? I I understand everybody out there is trying to hold on one more week on their bench at least, saying you know let's see what happens, but. If you lost Cam Newton or if you lost Ben Roethlisberger, maybe the best waiver option because somebody dropped them is Jameis Winston. Do you put him out there as a QB one against the Giants because it is the Giants? Um, I would I would look elsewhere. I mean, if I had a Josh Allen, I'd play him over. But you're right. There's been so many injuries that I feel like he he may be a borderline top twelve. Like I I think I have him right at twelve in my rankings this week. So Winston or Goff. Um, who's Goff play again? They play uh, the Browns. I, I would, I think I would roll out Goff just because of the weapons. I think there's a higher Winston. ceiling, a higher ceiling. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking Winston. I'll take Winston over higher Goff ceiling. This is the one game that like Winston might throw for like 350, three touchdowns. It maybe, yeah, and he and he looked better last week. He wasn't turning the ball over. Like he he was. It was like he was trying to make good decisions instead of just winging it. So hey, I, I have no problem. For you guys, it's only at 13 this points. This is it's, it's game time. Do you guys want to guess DeAndre Baker's PFF grade? Oh. Just throw it. Come on. Just guess. 35. Chris? <laughs> 28. 25. 
Ooh, we overshot. Yeah. 20. <laughs> we can't 20. see much credit. <laughs> the, the next worst is Jamal Wiltz. Everybody who plays for, want to guess what team? Uh, the Dolphins. 29.8. Yeah. And then after that is Jamar Taylor at 40.3. Like So these are the only two guys in all of football under 40 for corners. So just want to throw that out there. Yeah, so just, show up, but, Evans. Yeah, uh, yeah Taylor, sure, exactly. Uh, by the way, to your Godwin. point from earlier, Chris, Stefan Gilmore, number one in the league, ninety-one point one ahead of Desmond King. He's the man. Like people don't even throw his way anymore either. Like it's no point. Yeah, it's all right. Let's uh, a few more games. We get quick fire. Houston at the Chargers. Um, I don't even know where uh, Houston. How about that? Duke Johnson bounce back. This will go to Brad on this because that's your boy. Duke Johnson bounce back. Are you starting Will Fuller anywhere? Uh, I would start Will Fuller, but I, I definitely – I think there's a Duke Johnson bounce back this week because I feel like they they have to get him more involved. I hope they go back and look at the Jaguars tape and be like, what were we doing giving Carlos Hyde the ball 20 times and not using Duke Johnson at all? Um, they – you know, they – I'm not saying that you take Carlos Hyde away completely, but I also don't think you – just don't use Duke Johnson. I think there's a little more balance this week, and he does he does bounce back a little bit. Well, he has to. He only had three fantasy points, so if he doesn't bounce back <laughs> from that, very, then not a very high bar. Yeah. Yikes. All right. We already talked about the Steelers, Chris. So on the 49ers side of thing, what are you making of? Just is this start the running? This similar to the, to the Chiefs, but with the running backs, just start them all in case you're going to miss on the wrong one. And then what are you doing at wide receiver? <laughs> um, I, I'm intrigued with Debo. We're all Debo fans here. I think we should be at least intrigued. At, snap count. No, it, you're right. The snap count wasn't great, but the fact that uh, you know at least Jimmy G threw to some of his weapons in week two, right? It was just a whole lot of kittle in week one. So I, I think you know Debo could be a flex guy for you. Um. And for the running backs, my goodness. Um, I, Jeff Wilson, I, I wouldn't trust Jeff Wilson, even though he got a lot of work in the red zone. He seemed to get all that work. I think you could start Mostert and Brita. He'd be in situations. Like, obviously, you don't have both of these guys in your team. If I had to choose one, I would take the upside in uh, Brita. But I, like I said last week or Monday, I really like the way that Mostert runs. And I love the fact that he was involved in, through the air. He's catching a few passes. So I think you can play them both, like maybe just as flex guys. Yeah, I, right, so I, I have no problem running Breed out there. Breed, Breed got taken off the field when he got a little banged up, but they had they were up by a lot, and so it was like, hey, let's not this not let make this guy get worse. Like he was super efficient. He was easily the best player on the field on Sunday. So um, I think I have no problem starting Breed, especially against Pittsburgh. Saints, would you start Latavius Murray, Brad? Because people are wanting to drop him, and I think that's insane because yeah. I could see a scenario where they even flip this and start to treat Latavius Murray as like the 50-55% and Kamara becomes not change of pace, but change of pace for the Saints, essentially, purposes. Um, I don't know that it'll be that high, but I, I don't have a problem starting Latavius Murray as a flex spot, at, for sure. It was I, after Bridgewater I, came in. <laughs> and that's true. Like I, I, But I also think like they're going to game plan, and like, when it's going to be different for Bridgewater getting a full week of practice at the one and he's gonna like they're gonna show him I, I feel like they're gonna say like look you got to use Camara you got to look for Camara because you weren't using him at all and he's the best player on the field at all times he's better than Michael Thomas he's better than all these guys and not that Thomas is bad but you don't just shove the ball to, to Thomas when you can dump it down to Camara and who knows what happens I mean this guy's proven for two years he could take any play to the house so give him the ball got a lot of those questions too yesterday Jacob Latavius you know droppable I would hold on to him I'd stash him you know Breeze six week injury you never know what's going to happen if Camara goes down and Breeze comes back a little bit sooner I mean Latavius is going to be an RB2 in that offense like just just hold on to him in deeper formats if you can all right, how concerned are you for Chris Carson with the fumbling issues and now Rashad Penny, you know, putting up that big play last week? I am slightly concerned. I have a lot of Chris Carson. Like I said, he put the ball on the ground twice and only got credited the one fumble, but I, I'm slightly concerned. I still think that they'll go back to him. Even with the fumbles, they were still, when they were running out the clock and last week, they were still giving him touches. But Penny is, he's closed the gap uh, slightly, but I, I still think Carson is a solid RB too. Yeah, I, I think it's Carson's backfield still. Okay, and last one, because we know what we're doing with the Rams. So on the Brown side of things, we're also knowing what we're doing with Chubb and Baker and OJ, OBJ and Njoku's got a concussion. Sounds like he's not going to play this week. But does Njoku help? Or the question is, Brad, Landry's time is a fancy relevant stardom every single week, even in PPR time. Is it, is it over? I think it has to be. Like, I, I mean, there's we've talked about there are so many other options at wide receiver right now. You can't start a guy based on name. Like he's just not being used. And 
And I mean, he, if he couldn't, if he couldn't score points against the Jets, where like the game script was theirs to begin with, and and that's that's the games where he thrived in Miami was like you know the games they were winning, he's getting these little cheap little passes. It, it's just not. I don't know. I, I have no confidence in him. I don't want anything to do with him. Someone offered offered him uh, to me in a trade. And like as soon as I saw his name in the trade, I rejected it. And I didn't even look at the rest of the trade because <laughs> I was like, if they think Jarvis Landry is a main piece of this trade, like it's, it's not going to be a good one for me. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, the Odell Beckham Jr. edition really, really hurts Landry. But I mean, second on the team in targets, not a great game. If Njoku doesn't play and potentially, you know, a high total game, like this is the week for Landry at least to hang on. Maybe he has one game and you can flip him and sell high. I wouldn't cut him just yet. I think this game against the Rams could be a decent one for him. But if he doesn't show up, then, yeah, Jake, I mean, he's hard, he's hard to hold on. He'd be hard to hold on to. I mean, Baker hasn't been great either. There's a few buy-low candidates, including Baker, on this team, more so than Landry, I guess, buy-low. But Baker is one of those guys that I think you could pluck off an owner. Yeah, Absolutely. All right, so for everybody out there, as a reminder, follow Chris Meany at Chris Meany, Brad Ziegler at Brad Ziegler. I'm at All and Kid. And also make sure you're checking out a new daily sports show we got called The Lead. And make sure you're going to check it out. You're going to love it over there. It's the first daily sports podcast to cover everything, everything in the world stage, everything for your hometown, you know, whatever news you want on iTunes and Spotify and everywhere the free podcasts are. And if you are checking out free and aren't at The Athletics, theathletic.com slash the throwback is 40% off. So you can get the articles if you want to play some fantasy hockey, which is coming up with Chris, and all the other goodness of the fantasy football articles, fantasy baseball is still going for the stretch run for you guys. We basically have everything, so check it out. We'll be back on Monday. Hopefully week three is better for some people than it was for week two because it was a rough one. Uh, We'll catch you next time, guys. Have a good one. Listeners, we're excited to share some pretty big news. Our team here at The Athletic and our friends at Wandery just launched a brand new daily sports show called The Lead that I know you'll love. The Lead is the first daily sports news podcast that will cover everything from the world stage to the hometown. With the help of The Athletic's more than 400 sports writers and editors, co-hosts Kativa Davidson and Anders Kelto will bring you sports news up close and personal each weekday morning. You're about to hear a preview of The Lead. Subscribe to The Lead on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now so you don't miss an episode. There's also a link in the episode notes that will take you there. And be sure to check out theathletic.com slash the lead to read stories featured on The Lead. You can follow sports through sound bites or the full story. From up in the press box or down on the sidelines. What do you want to accomplish this year? Actually, I want to accomplish getting on this team first. This fall, a new daily podcast brings you closer to the sports stories that matter. Stories about players. A guy like Zion just represents that hope of the failures of the past don't matter because we've got this guy now. That's the buzzer. Oh, he knocks it down. Stories about hometowns. You will see hundreds of people wearing number 32 Simpson jerseys uh, in the stands on Sunday afternoons for a Bills home game. And stories about the teams you love. This was the first chance for all those baseball fans to see their guys. From The Athletic, home to the best storytelling in sports. And Wondery, the company behind Sports Wars and Gladiator. I'm Kavitha Davidson. And I'm Anders Kelto. Introducing The Lead. Go beyond the box score five days a week. This isn't a story where you go to some place and interview the athlete and go home. It stays with you. I have never seen anything like that. The lead premieres September 16th on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now. The lead. Sports up close.